Hello, I'm Pastor George Villa of First Evangelical Lutheran Church in Inglewood, California. Wanted to let you know that there are different ways you can get in touch with me. One is you can write directly to the church, and the address is 600 Queen Street, Inglewood, California, 90301. Or you can email me at the church at firstinglewood at att.net. You can also email me at my personal email address, which is George underscore via, V-I-L-L-A, at ecunet, E-C-U-N-E-T dot org. So you can um, correspond or you can email me or you can also call me. The church phone number is 674-5103. And you can call me and leave a message if I don't pick up the phone. But you can also um, send me a text message uh, on my cell phone. And uh, I encourage folks to go ahead and make contact with me with the cell phone. And that would be area code 310-251-3093. So you can text message me or you can call me. Um, I do turn the phone off at night when I go to bed. So if it's in the middle of the night, um, you know, leave me a text message. So hope to hear from you sometime soon. Happy New Year 2021. Welcome to our sixth episode of Active Faith in a Modern World, Your Generation. I am El Cortez, your facilitator, and we have our host, Pastor George Villa. Welcome. Glad to be here. And our seminarian student, Carlos Cortez. Hello. I'm also glad to be here. So we're going to go on ahead and start with our prayer. Pastor, you want to lead us in our prayer? Yes, let us pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come with your abundant grace and might. Free us from the sin that would obstruct your mercy, that willingly we may bear your redeeming love to all the world. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Amen. So we are back. It's a new year. Episode 6, do we have any 2020 reflections? I'm glad it's over. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think 2020, for me personally, it really tested my patience, I think, and and my faith as well. I think um, we, it was just... And, and this is for everybody. The normal has to change. Had to change, and our lives changed. And I think at the beginning, when back in March, we were hoping deep inside that okay, so maybe it's gonna last a couple of weeks, and then it was well, maybe it's gonna last a month. Maybe it's gonna last until the summer. I know. But then we realize that, you know, this is going for long, for a very long time. And it's interesting because, you know, my wife, Laura, you and I, we, we used to discuss and, 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 and said this is not going to be over by summertime, which 
here in the United States, we're talking about June, July. We say this is probably going to go over 2021. And Pastor, you and I had a few conversations about it. And was and and you say, Pastor, this is gonna go over, you know, we're gonna go over 2021, and we're gonna have the virus with us. And well, here we are, first day of 2021, and at least here in California, things are not getting any better. And so, for me, like I said, it, it really tested my faith and patience and my hope, and I continue to hope that you know, this is going to get better. Uh, not not that we're going to get rid of this, but that somehow we're going to be able to find a way to live with what's going on. Okay. How about you, Pastor? What's your reflection for 2020? Well, I, I was looking at our our nation, our society in general, and kind of reflects the the words of the Old Testament prophet, which is part of today's first lesson at a time when the nation of Israel was feeling political and social oppression, and not from an external force, but by its own governments. Um, And there was a lot of poverty. 80% of the people were sharecroppers. And so you had the powerful making decisions for them. And taking advantage of them and exploiting them. And and the people were just asking, you know, where is God in all this? And interestingly enough, I mean, it reflects the same type of social pattern that that been going on in this country for a while, but got even worse this last year, um, where there was all kinds of craziness in our politics and 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 stories verifiable stories of politicians who were taking 35 million dollar kickbacks and it it's it's in the open and it's publicly talked about right. and the voter suppression and the civil rights and and you know trying to get my whole heart and head around that issue of how people of color have suffered tremendously by another group of people who refuse to admit that we have institutionalized racism um, and the poverty and the difference between the haves and the have-nots. And and into that, the Old Testament prophet talks about there'll be a light shining, showing us the way forward. And and looking at all the the good things that are beginning to happen now politically and socioeconomically that and it's only the start right it we're a long ways away from having any kind of social justice really being played out but um you know i i i look at our society in terms of its biblical uh proportions that are taking place and the prophecies and and recognizing that well god is bringing back hope and even though we as a country got into a deep hole there but that god will bring us through and so there's hopefulness through all this 
Okay, that's that's very nicely put. I think that's a great segue for our 2021 resolutions. And is there anything that comes to mind that you guys have, you know, um, in regards to, like you were mentioning, this development, this change? How, how would you want 2021 to look for you in regards to what we're here, what we're doing, what we're teaching well, I'm just sorry that uh, I probably could have been higher profile in my prophetic voice and speaking out louder and more consistently about social injustice and um, and I, you know, making a commitment to to be more committed to the Word of God and how the will of God reflects that word um, and calling out on calling out bad theology that's all around us all the time yes and and the the because it really is bad theology is the result of biblical misinterpretation and and so it's blasphemy right you yeah. know it it really is blasphemy and to be able to say that and um and say that it no it's not my personal opinion it's based on biblical teachings you know, and uh, so I, I want to be out there speaking truth to to the people and truth to power and recognizing that I'm probably going to make some people either uneasy or unhappy because, um, you know, some of them buy into those easy answer generalities that are just totally false. Yes. Right. And I think this platform, having this microphone in front of you will be able to give that message out and we will be able to continue to, like you said, um, bring clarity to the word of, of God and, you know, um, and those false prophets that are teaching or not prophets, just even individuals, because there is a lot of people out there that are not, you know, um, that are easily influenced and those influences, unfortunately, you know, transpired to our society. And so that's a good resolution. Yes. And keep in mind that some people, unfortunately, will never be happy, regardless of the message that you bring or what they get, what they don't have. So we really hope that with this message, we, like you said, we can bring clarity to some people. For me, I was one of those people that I question my faith when this all started with this pandemic and not that I question God but I question myself and my my the relevance of the church and it was just for a brief moment but I did it I mean we have to remember Peter denied Jesus three times right and it was within the span of you know just a couple of minutes he did it regardless I, for a moment, I thought about what is the relevance of the church, the, the belief. And for me, that I'm starting on this path of theology, I question whether or not I was going to be relevant. Or at this point, do I even need to consider this? Because where is the church in all this? And... You know, we've been at it for 
10 months. We, we had the pandemic for 10 months. And as I continue with my work with the church, I do realize that there is a big need for faith. There, there is a need for, for someone to bring the message to the people out there. And, and I regret that. And, and I hope for 2021, I hope that my faith and, and the belief of what I'm doing continues the same, if not even stronger than it is right now. Can I share a fun fact? Yeah, sure. <laughs> of course. So I, I'm always trying to learn and expand my knowledge, but I learned a fun fact about two days ago that Johann Sebastian Bach music was influenced by the writings of Martin Luther's music from the Lutheran church back in a small village. So I was like, I've been listening to Bach, like when my daughter goes to sleep, I put, you know, instrumental music, but I'm like, you know, I want to learn a little bit. And it was just very interesting, the connection of my journey and then bringing in Luther's name into, you know, because I guess he was hiding out in the town where um, Bach grew up and his family. So that's a fun fact I learned, you know. Okay, Okay, so we're going to move over into our announcements. Pastor, do we have any announcements? Well, just wanted to uh, remind folks again that that this podcast is uh, carried on the platforms of Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and now iHeartRadio Podcasts. So you can follow the podcast on these other platforms at other times that are more convenient or from any other place you may be, wherever you might take your laptop. Uh, we're also just amazed that we are we have listeners from Germany, Ireland, Russia, France, Brazil, Mexico, the Caribbean, Peru, Iceland, the United Kingdom, Israel, Nigeria, India, and Australia. We want to welcome you and thank you for being with us. And that's that's a pretty good spread over the that, world. That is amazing. Yes. Yeah, I'm always amazed yes. by that and, and, and yeah. honor and grateful that we have people listening in other parts of the world. And also to our listeners, you know, we want to remind that everything that we do here, it's on our own time. Our equipment is bought, you know, in our with our whatever little savings we have. So if you ever want to donate to our church, Pastor has given the information in the beginning and we will put the same information at the end. So any donations are always welcome. It helps us grow our ministry. It helps us, um, Pastor, you want to tell them about our programs that we have at church, especially our food distribution? Yes. uh, Every Thursday we give out bags of groceries. Sometimes it's two or three bags in a box. Uh, It's, it's not a small amount. It's a significant amount. And, um, and we, provide these groceries to about a hundred families a week. So we're, you know, we, we, we're taking care of something close to 40 or 50,000 people a year and, and quite a few families. So it's just, and it's all word of mouth. We don't publicize. We don't. uh, uh, And so, and folks tell other folks and, uh, and these are really truly needy people. Um, And, uh, and, and so that's, that's an amazing ministry there. And and then our, our own staff, uh, Abe and Cindy, who are there at the church all the time. And um, 
And sometimes people come up and they're able to provide them a meal or, or something like that, uh, which is helpful. We have a referral service for one of the top-notch immigration attorneys in Southern California. She does a marvelous job. She's helped a lot of people. Um, and so it's always helpful to have her uh, have her partnership as we reach out that way as well. So um, we do a lot of things, and um, and uh, it would we never it's never the same thing. It's, right, right. It's just always uh, it's there's no dull routine. It's just uh, continuous working activity as we try to deal with the needs in our community, and these are community folks. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Be- before the pandemic, we also had a significant amount of young adults. A young adult ministry coming to the church and uh, hanging out. We they used to come every Thursday night, and we had different activities: uh, music, video games. They play board games. Um, you know, played in that hide and seek game all over the church, and they had me <laughs> <laughs> hiding all over these places but you know just staying occupied or or just some of them will bring their homework or i don't know just just kind of do their own thing but within the the the, the group yes um, and we had we had someone who's um actually an expert in in college applications right. and Right. And FAFSA forms, and so she, you know she helps out a lot. Anyone shows up, she just helps them right there on the spot, and she's done workshops as well. So yes, we actually had a core group right before um, the pandemic, where uh, we were supposed to assist with those services. But we had a prior year where we had a handful of students that were there often that actually made it to college. So you know because of our little you know, services, we were able to help uh, a couple kids. So that's always good. And and we had other plans in the, in the future. For example, I, right before the pandemic, I became certified in, 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 in uh, family and parental counseling. And, and that, that was something that we had talked about it as providing those services for uh, parents that were mandated by to take parental classes so that's still up in the horizon right so any donations once again always welcome they will help our journey with giving back to our community so we're going to go on ahead and start we have two discussions this week Uh, we're going to start first with Luke uh, chapter 1 26 to 38 Uh, before we start pastor do you want to give us a little bit of information of the Bible that if our listeners are interested in purchasing to follow, which Bible do you recommend? Uh, there are basically two Bibles on the market today that are probably the best translations from the original Greek and Hebrew. That's called the NIV, the, the New International Version, and the NRSV, which is a new revised um, version. And those are probably... Um, the best interpretations that we have. If you go with the NIV uh, or even the NRSV, I would I would suggest that you consider buying what is called a life application Bible. It's got lots of footnotes. It's got pictures. It's got themes that you can follow. It is a most excellent Bible. Um, 
And um, I think that you will find that most helpful for your own Bible study and reflection and devotions at, at home. I would not buy it from a bookstore, however. Okay. Uh, I usually tend to buy it from, um, like at Costco, you can get them for 26 to $30. Okay. These Bibles normally sell retail for 80 or $90, but you can get a, a better at, at Sam's or Costco. And sometimes you can get them from the American Bible Society. They have uh, they have them uh, there as well uh, at at cost practically. So perfect. Thank you. So go on ahead, Pastor. Let's start with our first discussion. Yes, the first one is um, based on the Holy Gospel according to Luke, the first chapter, verses twenty six through thirty eight. Glory to you, O Lord. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear his son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And therefore the child to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O God. Now, the interesting thing about this particular part of the gospel is that it's given us some pretty important information that sometimes we tend to overlook. Um, it It starts off by telling us that in the sixth month, this is the sixth month after Elizabeth, who's older, she's the older cousin of Mary, had become pregnant um, by, and she was carrying the baby John the Baptist. And at this time, see, it kind of tells us how this is all related to Mary. The angel Gabriel had been sent by God with with a message. Now, angels were messengers who brought announcements of very specific plans of God's action. And so the divine announcement was made known directly from God to Mary. Now, we need to recognize that angels are created beings. 
There's a lot of people who say, well, my uncle's a good man. He died. He earned his wings. You don't earn your wings. When you die, as a believer, you become a saint. You don't become an angel. Uh There's a lot of people that just, they don't know their Bible. They don't know their church's traditions and teachings. And so they come up with these really strange and interesting stories. And he came to Mary, who was in a town in Galilee called Nazareth. Now, this tells us that God's actions take place in real time and in real places in the lives of people who really did walk the earth. And this angel came to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph. The word virgin can also be translated and most oftentimes is translated to mean young woman. So Mary was probably not older than 15 years of age. And she was betrothed to a man or engaged um, to a man named Joseph. Now, being engaged was a legally binding status, almost like marriage. And this relationship with, with Joseph, this might have been an arranged marriage. He was of the house of David. Jesus would be born to the family with whom God had already made a covenant back in 2 Samuel chapter 7, which was actually today's first lesson. And the virgin's name was Mary. It wasn't just anybody, but, you know, the mother of Jesus. Mary was a young, poor female. All the characters that by her people's standards would make her least likely to be usable by God for any major task. And yet, here we have a young, poor, female, unmarried, who is going to become pregnant. Now, back then, just like today, that kind of characteristic profile would have been dangerous. (laughs) It's, It's interesting because I grew up Catholic, and no offense to the Catholic religion, but when we talk about Virgin Mary, we tend to think about this holy being close to God. Um, and, and we, at least in my case, as a, as a child, I was taught that's who you pray to. You can pray to God, you can pray to the, to the Virgin Mary, and, and, and miracles will happen. And you don't think about the fact that Pastor, what what Pastor just said, Mary was just a child. She was poor. She was a, a, a just a regular person, yeah. chosen by God to bear Jesus. And 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 I thought that was interesting. That we tend to forget about that part of uh, Mary in this case. Well, and that's what happened when you have traditions that begin to develop in the doctrines is that you lose the original intent of scripture because suddenly we're, we're talking about this holiness of Mary when in reality, um, you know, there was nothing special about Mary or any of the other characters in the Bible stories at Christmas time, you know, the shepherds, right? you know, and, and the innkeeper and, But he shows up in Mary's presence, and he says, Greetings, O favored one. Favored one means chosen one. 
to be addressed by a divine being like an angel and being told that you have been chosen would normally cause most people concern. And it tells us in verse 29 that Mary was much perplexed. Do you think? You know? <laughs> yeah. To be perplexed implies having the combined elements of confusion, fear, doubts, maybe bewilderment, doubts. Yeah. What sort of greeting might this be? She's thinking this, you know. She didn't know if she was about to be given good news or bad news. And if it comes from an angel and it's bad news, it usually is very bad news. Either way, when it comes by way of an angel, you have no options. And so there's, you know, she's in this probably this little house by herself. And boom, this angel shows up. But then he says, recognizing what she's probably thinking, do not be afraid. You see, God's revelation should not bring fear, but wisdom, peace, understanding, and obedience. And that's one of the things that I think we, when we hear preachers talk, particularly these non-denominational type preachers who always talk about fear and God's anger, you know, uh, God's revelation is not intended to bring fear, but wisdom, peace, understanding, and obedience. And he tells her, you will conceive and bear a son. You see, God's blessings don't always bring instant success or fame. For Mary, becoming pregnant would bring lots of pain. Her peers would ridicule her. Her fiancé would come close to leaving her. Her son would be rejected, hated, and murdered, but through her, God's greatest gift to all humanity would be given. And the angel tells her, your son will be great. Well, maybe not in his lifetime, and maybe not amongst his own people, but certainly he will bring forth such a joy and peace and hope. And his kingdom, there will be no end. God's kingdom on earth is manifested by the church in mission on earth. So it continues. Here we are, the reign of Jesus, 2,000 years later, and it goes on and on and on. And so he tells her, now this is going to happen with the Holy Spirit. It will come upon you. The birth of Jesus as a human being is a declaration by God of God's intent for all humanity that God comes into our world and of course she's confused how can this be since I'm only a virgin and he says well nothing is impossible for God now this goes back to Genesis chapter 18 maybe we as humans may not understand God's ways but this doesn't limit God's ability to act See, our lack of understanding does not limit God's ability to do things. And so it's always amazing when I hear, um, as we mentioned earlier, when I hear false prophets ask questions, how can this be? And I just think, well, you dunce for God. You know, God can do whatever God feels is necessary. All we have to do is obey. But that's the problem. People right. don't want to obey. They want to judge. I think even today in the present, when we think about our journey as Christians, as people of, of faith, 
as citizens citizens of this world, we question. And most of the times we know what the right thing to do is, but we fear and we are afraid of what everybody else is going to think about our decisions because we have to remember sometimes doing the right thing it's 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 not always what is viewed as the best thing in, in in everyone's eyes right especially when everyone's going against it and everyone's doing the wrong thing and then here you come and you try to do the right the right thing you know you're viewed as the outsider as you don't you don't think like us and so we tend to fear that we we tend to question that a lot well, see, you made a point there. When you know what the right thing is, and then you begin to question it, the questioning is not for the purpose of gaining more information. You're avoiding having to take action. You're avoiding being responsible responsibility, for your, for your exactly. own actions. Yeah, exactly. No, and all that brings responsibility. I think we we can we can't just say. I am a Christian. I believe in God and not take any responsibility, not do anything about it. Mm-hmm. I, I think believing in God brings a lot of responsibility as to how how are you showing with actions that you believe in God, that you are a Christian. A lot of, uh, I was just thinking, you know, this event with the angel talking to Mary and making the announcement and this is what responsibility will be. And, and like Pastor said, Mary is questioning, well, how can this be? And yeah. being doubtful. It, it just makes me think about the, the time when when I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out myself and what my next step will be as to my um, educational goals. And I'm trying to consider different careers. And I look back at that moment when Pastor looks at me and, and just says, well, you can be a pastor. And at that moment, I was full of doubts, fears. I, were, I look at, I'm looking at pastor as he's kidding, he's making a joke. <laughs> but then I realized, oh, you're serious about that because, like, just like Mary, she she's just a poor child, and she will never think, why, why am I going to be chosen to to do something of this magnitude? Well, I'm I'm just a regular person. I'm a I'm a nobody, right? In my mind, and I can never think that that I'm gonna be capable of of leading a congregation, being responsible for the faith of other people. And so that's that's when I was full of doubt and and questioning myself and questioning whether or not Pastor Ria was serious about what he said. It just made me think about that. And, you know, uh, we've said before, right? I mean, we, we are still committing the same sins that were committed thousands of years ago. Yeah. Uh, here we are talking about someone who has these f- feelings of self-doubt. And it is happening now. You know, after many, many years, many, many years mm-hmm. later, you have someone here with the same fears. And I'm sure that there's, Many of us out there who have the same doubts, the same, the same feelings of, of I'm not worthy, or I can, this is not something I can do. This is this is impossible, and we just said nothing is impossible to God. You know, uh, this topic brings back a conversation you were having 
um, about the journey of faith and am I doing the right thing? And the person said, I'm very comfortable. I make good money, but my faith continues to call me. And the fact that not only you, but several individuals who are going through that same journey is no longer about what I have, but it's more about what I, why am I chosen and what am I out to teach now? Because now money has not become a reason, you know, clearly when you enter the religious, um, you know, locations, locations, we know it's not going to make millions unless you're like, what do you call them? Pastor? Televangelist. Televangelist. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, you know, it, it was interesting to hear that conversation of how that's not even a question of you leaving, like you said, a stable job or anything. I think when your calling is here, just like with Mary, your calling is here. Mm-hmm. And you could run away from it as much as you want, but it still comes. And I think that's maybe where you're uneasy because you know your calling is there. Yeah, and, and, and I think God viewed Laura as my wife, and even Pastor knows that I've tried to run away from it a few times, yet here I am. Yeah. Well, I, I think the story tells us first and foremost that God's promises are real. You see, God's promises take place in the lives of people living their their normal daily lives. There's Mary, probably doing chores in her normal life, and Joseph off doing his thing. And 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 God uses these people. He, he doesn't go to the temple. He doesn't go to the palaces. He doesn't go to where the the scribes and the learned people are. He he uses normal everyday people while they're in the midst of doing their normal everyday things. And and so we can question why me, but the real question should be, well, what is it you want me to do, God? Yes. You see? Because mm-hmm. if we keep asking the wrong questions, we'll never get the right answers. And if you can see the need and you can see the calling, then you need to stop one type of questioning and start a different type of questioning um, and begin to prepare yourself to to be obedient to God's calling. And in the church today, God continues to work through his faithful followers. You know, there are days um, when we just don't have the energy. I remember it was a Monday morning and I was exhausted and I had aches and pains and and I just thought, oh, gosh, do I really have to get up out of bed? And, well, yeah, you know, had to get up um, and and go about and doing the kinds of things that other people were depending on me to complete that day so that they could do their thing. And one of them was getting ready to do the online teaching with my grandson, you know, right. with, without me, he wouldn't be able to be in school because his mother works as a teacher online also. And so that's why it's important, I think, to know your Bible, because to know your Bible is to know that God has always kept his promises 
and you can trust God and you can have faith in God. And, and God puts together different types of means and provisions to fulfill his vision if you catch his vision. So I think, I think this teaches us to that as Christians that there's, you know, we all have responsibilities and there is no small responsibilities. Yes. And, you know, like you said, Pastor, you had to get up that Monday and said, I have to get my grandson ready for online school. You're not teaching it, but the fact that, and you, you know, you're going to be there with him to support him, that's, that's big. And someone mm -hmm. has to do it. And, 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 and just like that, every Christian in this world, we, we all have a certain type of responsibility that we, that we need to be accountable for because yeah. someone has to do it. And, and, and it could be something, you know, what we consider something small, something big, but it, it is a responsibility and someone has to do it. Yeah. And, 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 and I think for every Christian out there who's listening to us, you, you know, we have to start, start thinking about what is it that I can do as a Christian this is the opportunity for homework for our listeners. I think you brought up the first, you know, um, point, but what else would you suggest that our listeners should focus on based on this lecture? I mean, this gospel. Well, I think the listener needs to focus less on why me and be aware that in this lesson, the obedient disciple can be easily used as an instrument by God for accomplishing the divine will in the human story. It's, it's that obedience to what God has placed in your heart. If you see the need, there was a reason for you to see the need, and God gave you the vision, vision to see that need. Because the promises of God really are good news. And from doing the promises of God and God's will will bring blessings of their own. Because when you live by God's will, you're, you're obeying God's word. And those two go together. It is. Uh, okay. Retro. I think for me, it's, I will tell our listeners, there's so much you can do I know in the in previous podcast, we said maybe you can read the Bible, understand it, and call somebody that you know, and then you can start your own Bible study. And then and, and maybe reach out to one, two, three people, and all of a sudden you have a group of four people that can get together and and try to understand the Bible and see how the Bible can affect your your life and, 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 and that way we can we can get started with forming good Christians because we are in need of that right now. We, we talk about pandemics, we talk about um, you know how there's a lot of um, entitlement you know in this world and I think uh, you know in, in, in such environment we need we just need more people to be held accountable for what the right thing is so. Okay, well, is there anything else, Pastor, that we didn't cover? 
Well, just this. What the story tells me is that there is hope for the poor, the oppressed, the broken, the sick, the hungry, and those desiring to see God's presence in the world. And I know, and we know in our ministry, there are so many people that fit that profile. Yes, definitely. And in the same way that God used Mary and Joseph, God can use these folks these as folks. well. Yes, agree. And we just might be the spark that gets that light going in their lives. Yes, I agree. Okay. Thank you, Pastor. And now we go into our second discussion. Pastor, you want to go on ahead? Yes. Let's begin with prayer. Almighty God, you wonderfully created the dignity of human nature and yet more wonderfully restored it. In your mercy, let us share the divine life of the one who came to share our humanity, Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. 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 The uh, second gospel comes from Luke, second chapter, verses 22 to 40. Glory to you, O Lord. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as, as holy to the Lord. And they offer a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus, to do for him what was customary under the law, Simon took, took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. Then, as a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they have finished everything required by the law of the Lord, 
they had returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. This is a gospel for great teaching. During the break, we were talking about someone that approached you. Uh, this gospel is one of the things that I oftentimes uh, use to, to tell people about, you know, how do you become more spiritual? What is that need that your friend was looking for, for instance? You know, there's a spiritual hunger out there, but people don't know what that means. And so they don't know where to begin. They don't know where to go. So we want to look at what is happening in this story. Um, Mary and Joseph uh, are completing three of the most ancient customs of their people whenever you had a newborn. Uh, and these were acts of piety. They were signs of practicing and living holy lives. There's the circumcision and naming of Jesus back in, in the early part of chapter 1. Um, there's the purification ritual for Mary. All women who gave birth needed to go through a uh, purification ritual. And that was a way of showing gratitude for God's favor. And then there was the designation of the child as holy. This goes back to Exodus chapter 13. Uh, it talks about redemption by presentation and dedication to God in God's temple. And so Mary and Joseph, to complete this, they give the offering assigned to them, which is a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. This is the prescribed offering of the poor. No one came to the altar empty-handed. That, hmm. That's from Deuteronomy 16. See, we're fulfilling scripture all, at every step. Then there's Simon's part. Because of his focus on God, he became a willing instrument and a witness to God's plans. It tells us that he was a righteous and devout man. He practiced and lived a holy life. He was looking forward to the consolation of Israel. He wasn't too worried about the status quo. He was looking for the future, for a future with God. And it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that this was the child. You see, God talks to those who will listen. The prophetic tradition is not dead. Simeon, again, wasn't part of the elite of his society. Mary, Joseph, Simeon, right? He had been guided by the Holy Spirit. He couldn't stay away from the temple. And so the prayer he gives becomes the subject of art and of hymns and of great teachings called the Nunc Dimittis, which is a very deep and ancient tradition in the Christian church. And then he turns to Mary and says, and a sword will pierce your soul too. God's work is never popular. Oftentimes it is dangerous. It evokes anger from the haves and hostility from the unbeliever. 
and apathy from those who are comfortable in life, particularly comfortable Christians. Now, in addition to Simeon, there's another prophetess there named Anna. Women were also prophets in ancient times and in the early church. It's not new to have female prophets. Um, Moses' sister, Miriam, was a prophet, recognized as a prophetess. It tells us in verse 37 that she never left the temple. Yeah, her and Simeon. You know, today it's hard to get people into the temple. Right. Hard to get people in the church. But these two, because they were always there, they would see Christ. She was always worshiping and fasting and in prayer. She practiced also and lived a holy life. And she begins to speak about the child to everyone who would listen. See, witnessing is critical to a holy life. She worshiped God in God's temple, and she witnessed Christ in the world. Now, it tells us when Mary and Joseph had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, which means that in obedience, Mary and Joseph practiced and lived holy lives also, just like Anna and Simon. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom and the favor of the Lord. This kind of upbringing isn't by accident. Mm -hmm. Now, children, when they're growing up, get other influences, and they may take different roads. But parents need to recognize that you can overcome any other kind of influence in life, in your child's life, if you present those options of holiness, of righteousness. Because when these things are taught by parents, it produces a faithful generation. And the child grew and became strong and was filled with wisdom and the favor of the Lord. Now, wisdom is a gift from God. And it is usually given to those who seek God. Wisdom comes from studying scripture, worship, and living in righteousness. Education can bring knowledge, but it can also bring haughtiness. Wisdom, however, is a gift from God. Well, what this tells us is that God's wisdom begins in life. Jesus' early walk in righteousness obviously had a big impact from Mary, and Joseph. It is interesting that in this gospel text, the word law appears six times in verses 22, 23, 24, 27, 29, and 39. In terms of religion and faith, all of these folks were orthodox believers. They were not pioneers. They were orthodox believers. So obedience to the law was not for the sake of ritualism, but out of love and faith that God is in control. And the Bible clearly identifies the godly life as being separate from the sinful life. Again, the list of characters in today's gospel does not include priests, kings, rich, or powerful people. It includes ordinary people who seek God's will. So living by God's law is the beginning of wisdom. 
And of course, studying God's law or the scriptures also leads to wisdom. And a yearning for God's grace results in expression of piety. So they're, they're kind of like when you take a pie and you cut it in, in six or eight pieces, um, there's no beginning to it. It's just it's all part of right. the, the whole pie. And so faith and spirituality rest on the foundation of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. The scriptures, therefore, are our only authority for the life and norm in the church and in our life. So we take it seriously, and we recognize that God is working through us in the normal, everyday activities of our life. It's uh, something that you said over here. No one came to the altar empty-handed. Right. Right? Uh, thinking about an experience that I had going to the altar and receiving the communion, and as I'm waiting to receive the communion, two ladies were next to me, and as we're, you know, on our knees waiting, one of the ladies it's talking to the other one about the uh, dress that another member of the congregation was wearing. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not going to say which uh, church it was. <laughs> Name, I, I, I didn't know the ladies' names, but uh, it was... It's just interesting. It made me think about we're talking about the law and obedience. We're talking about wisdom. And why do we respect the law? And how do we become obedient Christians? And the fact that you said wisdom is, there, there's a difference between wisdom and getting medication, knowing things, because you, you can have two, three degrees doesn't necessarily mean that you are a wise person. Sometimes we tend to have, you know, have a relate age with wisdom because we base it on experiences and all that. But sometimes age doesn't necessarily mean that you're a wise person either. And that I, I've seen a lot of uncles just making the wrong decision. And, and I've probably seen, um, you know, children having more wisdom than some of the adults that I met in my life. And I'm thinking, as I'm thinking about these two ladies waiting for the communion and, and, and judging the way that another person is being dressed and the fact that they're talking about it, it's, you know, what, what, what's, your, what's your purpose for being at church? Yeah. What, what, why are you there? You know, are you there to, you know, have a relationship with God or are you there to judge others? And and I think that's that's very common. I think we might have been guilty of the same thing. And then and, and I would say maybe I'm sitting in the pew and 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 I'm thinking about what am I going to eat later on, mm -hmm. or what's going to be on TV. Or I'm thinking the fact that I'm in church and I'm missing the uh, the, the the game right now. Yeah. So uh, you know, to me, that's. We don't, because right now in modern times, we're not necessarily bringing anything to the altar than ourselves. And the fact that we 
are recognizing that you know that we have sinned and and we ask for forgiveness and so we have a lot to bring to the altar but it's within ourselves right and to me these these were just people that came empty-handed to the altar and it happens a lot yeah i think that's where you know reading this story and jesus being still you know so young and you know giving him to the faith it just reminds me of you know with i have two kids one's already an adult and as i've gotten older clearly you know my spirituality is growing but the difference of how we're raising you know our children and our daughter you know knows about we go to church you know um where's pastor rather and my son was briefly introduced but he wasn't raised you know thoroughly biblically so i think that's you know i own that mistake but hoping when he gets older that he would be you know brought back to to that faith i mean he still goes to some we actually got him reading last week <laughs> on <laughs> so you know so he's still there i just think you know um bringing him back some kind of way. And and how do you do that, Pastor, especially for, you know, those individuals that are looking for that spirituality or maybe they've gone through so much that they continue to doubt because it's like, oh, why does this happen to me? And and I'm sorry, I'm going to add to that. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, in the case of uh, our son, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean he's a bad person because he's a, Good, good person, but like you said, it's just that uh, you know he wasn't brought up in, in, in into that environment. No, so he was by grandmother, but, but, but um, I think I could have done a better yeah. job. But I wasn't there spiritually at the time. Right. So, so because we asked him one time, you know, well, what do you think? Do you believe there's a God? And I remember his answer was, mm-hmm. mm, I don't know, but mm-hmm. there might be something over there. Kind of like. Do you believe in aliens or not? Well, you know, maybe, maybe not. There's got to be something else out there. Right. So what do you guide, what's your guidance, Pastor, especially for some of our listeners? Because like I, like I mentioned during the break, I am sharing some of those, these discussions with individuals who are still questioning, you know, is this for me? Um, I think especially now in our generation with, a lot of the resistance of people being like, why just believe, you know, and make excuses the way they believe. Yeah. I oftentimes uh, people will say, well, I don't, I don't need to go to church. I, I, I'm uh, spiritual, but not religious. Um, Which is like saying, if the government gives you a $1 million bill, and then you flip it over and it's blank. You know nobody's going to take that. Right. You know, it is it really a, a million dollar bill. Um, the 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 thing with with not being raised. You know, well, my daughters they were raised in the church. Right. They were baptized. They went to Sunday school. That was never an option. They they went to confirmation. They were confirmed. Um. 
and um, and they went to youth group meetings. So it was a continuous, you know, uh, activity. It's like when you raise your child, and to use non-religious terms, well, do you feed them every day? Well, yeah. And uh, do you clothe them every day? Well, yeah. Do you house them every day? Well, yeah. You know, now I did those things too. And I'm very much aware that in the state of California, there's a law that says if I don't do that, I could be punished and go to jail. But I didn't obey the law out of fear. I obeyed the law out of love for my children. And so when I retired, I knew that I was going to not be that kind of guiding presence for my daughters. And luckily, they all live here in the same town. But they continued in those roles. Uh, one has served on the council with the bishop. One is currently on the council of the church. My youngest was a, a Sunday school teacher for several years. You know, they, they got ideas all the time uh, about church. You know, they were raised that way. Well, what happens is because of that raising, they know how to talk about their faith. Um, and they can do that without um, being worried as to how theologically profound they sound. Now, a child that isn't raised in the church, one of the things that when you ask them a question, what do you think about God? They're not accustomed to talking about God. And so mm -hmm. they may not feel that they have a personal, intimate relationship with God to be able to discuss, because if they don't know enough about God, then that means they probably don't know God himself. And so they're hesitant. They're hesitant to that they might say something wrong, or they might be embarrassed, or in our secularized society, you know, their friends at school might tease them. Um, so what happens is that we, we, need to be able to teach by example uh, and and not put pressure on them once they become adults um, but to let them gradually grow into that by our own example and um, and and let them make their their kinds of, of decisions because they've they've had other influences that that have come into their lives and they they listen to. My particular kids, they have those same influences, but they know how to block them. Yeah. Um, so we find that um, it it is important for us to know that we're going to find a lot of adults in life like those children like your friend that you were talking about, that they're not quite sure where to start. But people in life, like where you're at in life, you have a lot of resources to tell her, you know, well, maybe I can help you. Maybe I can guide you as to what kind of Bible or where to get it, you know, how not to spend $100 for a particular Bible 
when you can get it for twenty five dollars and and uh, um, without getting a lot of pressure um, because it's oftentimes if she was to go let's say to the local fundamentalist church or something like that they might put a real hardcore sales pitch on it which would turn her off to her search you know well yeah yeah that's a good question you ask them when they ask you a question that's a good question and you know try this this is what works for me that's what they're looking for what works for you that i can copy um and so it becomes important to recognize that once you become a believer you're also going to become a guide which it gives you responsibility because there are people um you know the the a friend of mine who who was a um a farmer we were talking about sheep and growing the flock in terms of the church and he says yeah but you got to realize one thing about growing your flock the shepherd doesn't grow the flock sheep grow the flock right see um so you it's it's a matter of not only your own wisdom and guidance and compassion but also your own lifestyle that teaches them how to emulate what spirituality really is rather than just a catchphrase or something the um something that you just said pastor it's 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 very interesting because this is my this is part of my journey growing up no like i said before i grew up catholic and growing up to me the way religion was put onto me it was by fear by force and so i was i think in my teenage years uh early 20s i wasn't i I just didn't want to have anything to do with the church and it was because of the fact that everything's put into fear well if you don't do this god is going to punish you right and here we're saying god is love god loves us and he gives us so many blessings and despite the fact that we continue to make mistakes and we are sinners we continue to see blessings and we continue to have second chances fourth chances you know fifth chance you know five chance you know we just continue to have the opportunity to redeem ourselves and so it wasn't until i was on my own that it was because of me and you know like i, I would say my, my my grandfather always talked to me about the bible but he talked to me in a way that it wasn't forced you have to do it because God is going to punish you if you, if you don't. And so because of his teachings, for me, I got to an age where I said, you know, everything that, the, all the blessings are because of God. Mm-hmm. I think, like like Pastor said, and, and you know, with, with, you know, your son right now, you know, we, we see these blessings as anything good that happens in our lives as, as this is a blessing from God, you know, with the grace of God, we are able to do this. For him, it's, you know, it's because of everything that he has, all the good things in his life are because of the grace of mom and dad. You know, this is, it's coming from them. He's, so he doesn't make the connection beyond that as as we would. You know, I'm grateful for my grandfather, and, I'm, and, and I think God worked in a, in a way so that he could send it to me. 
I I look at my journey right now where I am. I'm I'm, I'm grateful to have met Pastor, and I and I believe God is you know working His way, and and so for him and and other adults out there who who don't have that belief, you know, they're just missing that connection. And and, and for me, one way, like you said, it's it's probably not forcing it. And, and I think when it comes to religion, whether you're talking to, to a child or to an adult, they, 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 you know, they, there's a lot of, we try to force this onto, onto somebody else. We try to let them know that they don't know anything about it. And we, we try to not, not teach, but we're just trying to, to, we get into, at least in my experience, we, we try to make others see it the same way we do. Right. I think this is a good opportunity to bring in that critical thinking for our listeners. So, um, Pastor, I'm going to start with you. I would like for you to give our listeners a suggestion of to where to start and maybe a tip that along your journey you've applied to, to your development in faith. I I think that, like anything else in life that you come to recognize as being important or even something you want to develop. Think of the young child that takes to musical instruments. Now you provide them access to instruments. Uh, you have them around so that when they walk in, they see instruments and they hear music. I, I think what's important for people, especially adults, is to decide that you're going to have a time with God each day. Uh, some people call it devotionals. Uh, it, it, that would include uh, maybe reading a piece of scripture, like the one we read earlier today, reading it from the Bible, having a good Bible uh, version, the uh, NIV or the NRSV. Those are two of the most accurate and excellent um, Bibles. And sit down and just read a short, a short section. If you are familiar with the traditional church's uh, use of the lectionary, you know that's a great place to start. It's not you're not reading whole chapters, just sections of scripture. And and read that. Won't take you more than seven or eight minutes. Mm -hmm. And then spend three or four more minutes on prayer. And then spend three minutes, three or four minutes on silence, listening to any response that you might get to your prayer. And that could just be revelation. Sometimes when we just see a need and express it, and then sit quietly for a few minutes, you know, a revelation takes place. You know, I've got the answer. I know what needs to be done. You don't need to start with more than 15, 20 minutes a day. And do that uh, every day. You develop the discipline, the self-discipline to do that. And what you'll find is that over a period of time, you will eventually make it 25 or 30 minutes and then 
35 or 40 minutes. Most pastors I know spend an hour. Um, and in, in Bible reading, prayer, reflection, um, one of the things that I, I use is I take home the, the, the scripture text bulletins, and I use that because they include prayers, but also from our news and bits where we have a list of people we're praying for. And I think about, I just don't mention the names. I, I think of each person and what's going on in their life. And, um, and usually that part I can do in the mornings when I take my four-mile walk which takes about an hour and 20 minutes. And and I have my news and bits in my pocket, and I'm looking at that list, and, and I think about those folks who are sick or are passing through some difficult times. But you do that for yourself, and you will find over a period of time a pretty broad exposure to Scripture and to prayers. Um, and... You'll, you'll come to understand how God responds to those needs. Uh, and, and that's the beginning of, of true wisdom. Um, so it's, it's a, matter like any, a matter like anything else in life. You know, if you eat good, healthy, balanced diets, you know, that's why I try to avoid buffets at restaurants. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of discipline and, and you have a plan. And then try to find a mentor. Now, it could be your pastor in the church you go to, or it could be somebody else that is already along that line of spiritual development, uh, of devotional lifestyle. Um, and even coming together with groups of people to have Bible studies, right. you know, that, that really helps a whole lot. There's a lot of things you can do. Uh, and there's a lot of resources out there, and there's a lot of people that can be helpful to you. How about you? What do you think, Mr. Cortez? <laughs> well, I, I think, uh, you know, we, we often talk about baby steps. Right? And, I, and I think Pastor just said, you know, it's, it's just like when you make a decision to eat healthy, when you make a decision to go on a diet or it, it takes a certain discipline, and, and, and I think there's nothing like when we talk about there's people out there who don't, doesn't know how to start. Well, you, you have to start with what you know, right? When I when I decided to get into music and, and, and audio engineering, I had to start with what I knew, and I knew how to play an instrument. And I knew that you need a microphone. And then I went from there. And, you know, when you're going to start a diet, you got to start with what you know, right? And you don't have to be a nutritionist, but most of us, we know what's not good. Got to cut down on, 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 on the greasy food and, you know, less, less bread and, you know, just the basics. So you, you start with what you know. And then once you start, you know, you make the commitment and, and you start developing that discipline. Then you go ahead and, and you get more deep into what your goals are. And same thing with your faith. Pastor just said it. Well, 
we all know that, you know, to start your faith, you need a, a guidance, you need a Bible. Start buying the Bible. We all, you know, you might know someone who is, you know, you notice how everyone says, my mom is a very religious person or my neighbor, he's always going to church. I have a friend who goes to church every Sunday. Well, then you can start with that. You can, you can start talking to them and say, how do you do this? Or, or what do you think about that? I, 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 and, and you just start taking those baby steps. Start with what you know, as opposed to trying to understand everything at once. Because, because we don't. I'm, Pastor, you have been in, in, in you know, the theologian for 42, 43 years. And I'm sure there's still things that you're trying to understand after these many years. Oh, yeah. Right, and in 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 everything, all the knowledge that you have, you have acquired that throughout the years. I'm sure ten years into your your ministry, you had a revelation about something that you didn't understand before. So, for someone who's who's just getting started, I mean, don't don't expect that you're gonna know everything. Just just start with the very basic, like you said with your friend, open up the Bible read it and see how what what is it telling you i know of couples in in our congregation that said you know we read the bible when when you know that daily reading that you gave us they said we read it and we have a discussion every day about it because there's a there's a reading for every day of the year and actually my wife and i laura and i we started doing that and we were not disciplined enough to continue. You were not that. disciplined. Because <laughs> <laughs> I still do my readings. I, I'm, well, a, well, I'm a journaler. So. We, we, we do the readings, but I'm saying we were not disciplined enough to have the conversation. The discussions, exactly, yes. the discussions. That's that's, it, that's what I mean. And and even with, you know, we're saying, okay, we have a young adult who, you know, just doesn't have that belief in how can we help them. It takes the discipline to maybe have, you know, we have family uh family game night, you know, and that can become something where we just sit down and, 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 and talk. And what is this telling you? But not forcing and not making them feel like you don't know about this, so we're going to teach you. It's about we're all learning together. Right. I think um, as a, you know, fairly beginning face of my faith. I think that's one of the key points that pastor did bring up is just start by reading. Um, maybe a handful of years, I did start reading and none of it made sense. I would start reading. I'm like, oh, this is so, this doesn't make sense. Like, how does this apply to me? But then if you, if I move forward years later, things happen in life where I was like, now it makes sense. And then you read that same passage maybe three years later, and you're like, oh, you know, something else connected. And I think um, I know there's a lot of people, you know, my mom being one of them. I'm a, I like to journal. I like to write. I'm very mechanical. So if I am touching, um, you know, even if it's paper, that's how my brain process. So I journal in my Bible. I connect symbols, pictures, um, colors, and I could open my Bible and it will always have a date. 
And so if I go and open it again and read that same passage, I'll put the date again. And you will see my notes, how they slowly evolved and no longer are just words. Now they've become applications in my life. So I think it just takes time and patience, like pastors say, carving out some time out of your day, you know. And even then, I'm, I've always been uh, very, uh, you know, into health, but I think I've even taken the biblical component and my faith while I'm running, you know. When I'm running is when I'm thanking for all my blessings, for like, I even question like, how am I so lucky to be able body and, you know, just the journey that I'm living right now and just thanking, you know, I, I taking the deep breath. Um, I think that's another way you connect. So it doesn't only have to be reading, you know, it, you could connect it while you're cooking. You could connect it while you're playing, you know. I think we just have to take that step, like Pastor said. Get your Bible and start reading your story. Anything else, you guys, before we close no, today? That, that was a good discussion. You know, I'm, 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 I'm hoping that, you know, we, our listeners out there, that this is making sense to them. And, 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 that, and why not? And, and, but listen again. But but, but and, and if not, I'm hoping that that they get inspired, you know, because we have been there, just yeah. just and we are there, you know. We're just taking the, the 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 first steps, you know, the baby steps, and and just you got to start somewhere. So start with what you know. Right. So we are going to go on ahead and um, wrap up. We're going to have our closing prayer. And thank you to all our listeners. Um, if 2021 is your journey of faith, we will be here every two weeks having a new discussion, going through, you know, the gospel, some lectures. So go on ahead and um, buy your Bible. And if you have any questions right after the, the podcast, we will be having the pastor's information so you could reach out to us. Okay. Go on ahead, pastor. All right. Let us pray. God most high. By your word, you created a wondrous universe, and through your spirit, you breathed into it the breath of life. Accept creation's hymn of praise from our lips, and let the praise that is sung in heaven resound in the heart of every creature on earth. To the glory of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, now and forever, amen. 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 Happy New Year's, everybody. Happy New Year.